Hello, everybody. Here we are again, Remnant Revealed. Rick, good to see you today. Good seeing you. Awesome. Uh, we're getting a lot of good reviews, a lot of people yeah. making comments. And, yeah, it's uh, awesome to man, see. Man, I'm excited. Yeah, it is. It's it awesome really to is. see people posting uh, comments. Yep. Um, looking forward to suggestions, feedback, all that kind of good stuff. We've gotten a lot of great um, messages from folks, text messages and yeah. phone calls and whatnot. What it really is meaning to them. From all over the country. Yep. And um, it's good to see because uh, it's like you can see it hitting the mark that we knew that it would. Right. Because it's a message that our officers and their families need to hear. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from survivors. Um, and officers' is, spouses. That's right. I'm getting messages, yeah. even people sending me stuff on Facebook, not on the actual comments on the videos, but on Facebook saying, hey, yeah. or text messages like yeah. you're saying. Right. Hey, uh, great. This is really helping me. It's yeah. really, I've learned a lot already. Yeah, and it uh, tells you something when uh, folks are saying, hey, this is how badly we have been needing this. So it's good that you see that it's hitting the mark. It also highlights the fact that we probably haven't done a very good job in our profession of having these discussions, but that's great, right? We're seeing that more and more now where got to start somewhere. There's a a willingness to have uh, discussions on the spiritual side of this uh, calling um, now, even at conferences that we're aware of. So, I think we're, uh, I know we're, we have uh, some opportunities that are coming right. up where we're going to be able to speak and present a little bit on some of these topics at different law enforcement type uh, conferences and meetings and whatnot. And I think that'll, I think that could grow more and more. And then uh, hopefully we just see uh, more uh, a flushing out of this, uh, these discussions through chaplaincy in law enforcement. Sure. I we, love that we're seeing law enforcement chaplains <clears throat> dialing into this. That's channel, exactly right. Right. And you're not going to run out of material. I mean, never life progresses. You're not going to run out of material. We, no, we move forward. No. So, um, I think it's a, I think it's a great, great thing. I, yeah. I may seem a little tired today. Actually, I'm more than a little tired. I am tired today. Um, so, um, it that's all right. Very well last night. And, that's all right. And, uh, had a full, as you also do. And as officers do, uh, sometimes you have just one day after another, after another, yeah, after another, where you're putting in don't uh, we 16 know. to 18 hours a day. Yeah. Right? Don't we know? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about that for so, a minute. Cause yeah. you know, today I'm feeling sleep deprivation. Sure. Right. Didn't sleep good at all last night, and that's after lots of days of hitting high number hours of being on call, doing what I do. Yeah. And then, of course, also in Chavelsea, you're on call. I'm in a little smaller department, so I can literally be on call 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the officers and the chief, they're, they understand mm-hmm. that you can't physically do that, but... Um, Officers deal with a lot of sleep deprivation that people don't even give one thought to. Yeah, all the time, you know, and it plays a role uh, in our work product as well. Sure. And uh, it can definitely play a role um, when folks are doing an analysis of the actions of officers involved in different things, whatever that may be. Um, You know, and where you see it a lot of times is officers will tell you, when they're tired without telling you they're tired. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It sure does. You can tell by 
Uh, and I say this as though I'm looking in the mirror as I say it, because you can tell by your curtness, how short you are with your comments, yeah. um, really kind of on edge, right? Ready to kind of bark back um, if the opportunity presents itself. Um, and it, you're just exhausted, right? And you can also right. see it in language. So, you know, <laughs> we said we we're going to talk about things uh, that relate to the sure. job, right? The use of profanity. Yeah. Um, sometimes officers are criticized because they use curse words in the middle of a life-threatening matter that's on camera, right? right? Well, there's actually been scientific study done on that. Do you know that? No, I and didn't know that. Really? Uh, yeah, and that uh, the use of profanity is an emotional response to a stimulus that's been presented. Now, if you think about it, in general, people go, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. But it is. And so what, but what that shows is, is that if an officer's uh, brain and thinking has kicked into that emotional response drive, which right. could be fight or flight, right? right? Survival mode. <clears throat> um, it can translate through their words, um, even with uh, cursing. Now, yeah. people say, well, officers should be better than that, and they're trained better than that and everything. I always say the same thing. That's fine. That's fair. And we do. We do work sure. on that. Um, and that's why you can also tell a lot of times the training of an officer by the right. words that they're using in the middle of an incident where right. the training is kicking in, yeah. right, um, or the lack of training uh, you can identify sometimes. But on that emotional response, I just always ask <clears throat> anybody who is critical and says that officers should be able to control that, think of every video you see that is a real-world real incident where somebody's getting ready to go crash. Think about pilots when you hear audio recordings of a you know horrible right. tragedy of a plane crash, right? And they know they're probably getting ready to die. Right. What are some of the words you often hear? They're usually involved many of the same words that oftentimes are curse words. Now, you know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. An officer here, and I don't think the public ever understands their part and role they play in this on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. An officer rolls up to multiple calls a day. Mm -hmm. And even if they're not uh, an officer, let's say, that normally uses any kind of foul language or any kind of, uh, you know, curse words like we're talking about now, they hear it, I mean, hours in their day. All day long. And they hear it from the public all day long. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the public is the reason that an officer would use an off-colored word or whatever in the middle of a, a crisis. or cri However, the, the key to your heart is your ears. Faith mm -hmm. comes by hearing hearing by the word of God, but, but faith also comes for other, from other things that you hear on a continual basis, right? That gets into your heart. It gets into your mind. Uh, I've had many officers slip and go, Oh my Lord, did I just say that? Mm -hmm. I don't talk like that. I am yeah. so sorry. It's just, I just came from a situation that word was being used every two words Yep. I, I did not mean to use that, right? Very embarrassed. Um, those words do come out, but guess where they hear those words all the time too? Right? Well, but this goes back to what you are originally talking about, which yep. is it can be more apt to occur too if you fold in sleep deprivation. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so yep. there's a lot of discussions <clears throat> that occur upon that in law enforcement, but a lot of, a lot of um, 
frontline life safety type jobs, careers. Uh, so, you know, people think, well, okay, so that's, you're just talking about cops. No, I mean, same thing applies for pilots. Same thing applies for uh, uh, engineers on trains, locomotives, oh, yeah. right? It's about to hit somebody that's stuck on Think about semi-truck yeah. drivers. Now, here's an interesting point. I'm being told already that Remnant Revealed, this podcast, is starting to be listened to by over-the-road drivers. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, they're they got plenty of time to listen, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, which is kind of neat to hear. It is awesome. Uh, but in a shout out to all of our truck drivers yeah. out there, especially in this day Pull and the age horn. with Woo! the challenges yeah. that we're facing with supply chain issues and things such as that, you see how critical they become. Right. But with that, what do we also find? It's the critical safety issues. So they have a limitation on how many hours they can drive, all That's these other right. things. And they have to keep a logbook. That's correct. That is reviewed that. by uh, by a uh, traffic enforcement officer. Yeah. Right. So you got these restrictions and whatnot, um, federal restrictions, highway uh, restrictions, um, CDL license restrictions, all those other things, requirements, right? right. Uh, point me to those for law enforcement. Yeah. I was just getting ready to ask you. Does law enforcement have those? Right. Yeah. And so you have agencies that are on myriads of different types of shifts, shift links, right? And for some departments, those are very uh, real-time discussions. But, you know, people think of an eight-hour shift, but many law enforcement agencies are on 12-hour shifts. Well, now we're seeing studies <clears throat> being done that are showing some of the challenges that are involved with that. Um, and most officers that get onto those shifts would tell you they're great at first, but then they hit this this point of burnout, right, uh, where they're just exhausted. Even if they're getting more days off working those lengths of shifts, what generally plays a role in that, maybe more than what you wanted to know when you're so sleepy, but what plays a role in that is not just the length of the shift, but the quantity of runs and hypervigilance exactly. you're experiencing for that time. And what that does to your body. That's right. And that ultimately is the issue, is the hypervigilance that is involved. Same for uh, a pilot, right. same for a truck driver. Right. They have to Fireman, have a level of hypervigilance yeah. in focus in what they're doing. Right. The difference uh, for a law enforcement officer is the unexpected life safety threats that are coming their way, uh, sometimes multiple times a day. So then when... When an officer gets home, and I'm saying this for all the spouses out there and the families and the children, yeah. when an officer gets home and crashes and gets that glazed over look while they're sitting in their chair yeah. and their wife or husband has uh, asked them a question six times or their children are running in front of them and they're just glazed over looking at the television, it's not that they're trying to ignore you or be mean. It legitimately is what hypervigilance and the crash, yep. what you and I would call the crash, especially, I mean, especially if they have been uh, doing multiple shifts. And then you factor into that, which you and I talk about a lot of times, uh, part-time, right? Off-duty employment. Uh, Off-duty employment. All those things that sometimes an officer has to do to even be able to, to feed their family. Now, I know in certain areas that's not the case, but in some of the outlying areas, rural communities, um, some sheriff's departments and areas who 
can't pay like the larger amounts per year that officers make in bigger cities or bigger areas. And they're, uh, you know, but that, that call is still in your heart. You still want to be an officer and you start out at a very minimal salary. Uh, sometimes officers have to do part-time in order to just make ends meet. Right? Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Cause this is going to hit home for a lot of yeah. officers, but I hope for the public as well. Cause now you're going to get me in a different uh, sphere that I operate right. in, which is uh, most people don't understand why officers work so much off-duty employment. Yeah. And they think about it, well, it's to supplement their income or those greedy cops. They just, you know, it's not right. it's not enough. They just got to have more money. Well, this is what the general public typically doesn't recognize is that the vast majority of law enforcement officers across America working in their full-time jobs for their communities they don't pay into Social Security. Did you know that? Yep. So people don't realize that. So when you're working every day, you're also required to pay into Social Security, and so is your employer. That's not the same for the vast majority of police officers in communities across the country. So for an officer to have the ability to have Social Security later in life. He's got to do it on his own. They've got to work off-duty employment. Uh, part-time jobs that then pay into social security so they can get their quarters in yep. so that they have the option of having that benefit later in life. In addition, what people don't realize is that even when they do that, they have what's called the windfall elimination provision that's applied to them that actually deducts the benefit they're eligible to receive. Think about that. Wow. So even though they're working all that time to try to just uh, be eligible for the benefit, even if they get the benefit, it is significantly reduced um, uh, at the end there. And so, <clears throat> but that helps give you a little bit of context as to how our officers can get into the cycle, right? Right. Of trying to provide and trying to have a safety net available right. to them in a high risk job where they could get injured. You get injured on your job and you're disabled. What do you have available to you as a, as a potential safety net? A Social Security disability sure, benefit. absolutely. If you're an officer that's not paying into Social Security, you, have you see what I'm saying? <coughs> absolutely. And so there's a lot more to it. What I would just say to you is that compounds and adds to the stresses uh, in that. And that's how officers can get themselves in this really dangerous right cycle. Right, in this, yeah. It's not uh, just because they want uh, toys. No, they're trying it's to really trying to survive retirement and trying to trying to have available to them what everybody else has. Yeah. Um, so uh, with that, then you fold into other things. You got officers that are working night shifts. They're working all through the night. And then the next morning when they're getting off work, let's say at 7 a.m., then mm. they have a subpoena to be in court for court testimony oh, at 9 a.m. Yeah, because most people don't. Most people think officers can, they're just paid uh, for everything they wear their uniform to. Not true. That's right. So, well, but here's here's the point in that is I'm not even talking about pay stuff. I'm talking about sleep. Well, that's. <laughs> you just worked right. all night long. Maybe now it's you your fifth night working. Yeah. And then you get a 9 a.m. court time. Okay. It isn't like the. You're up at 9 a.m. You got to be there at 9 a.m. But your case doesn't get hear, heard until one o'clock. I was so just getting ready to say, and the judge doesn't say, 
um, let's do this case first because he's tired. He worked all night. Let's well, go. and oftentimes what happens is you get to 1 p.m., they call your case up, and there's a motion to continue. Thank you very much. So they do a continuance. In, and you just sat there. That's correct. Now it's 1 o'clock. Now you go home. Now you're trying Jeez. to get to bed. Hey, kids are coming home. Time to get up. Hey, 9 o'clock, time to go to work. And you promised your wife or your husband that you would do X, Y, Z, not realizing you were going to have court on that day. That's correct. And you're... And so... Yeah. And that sounds like a really horrible experience. Now take that times multiple times in a month times a 25, 30-year career. Starts to add up. It adds up quick. Adds up and it starts to take down officers. And so... If it doesn't take them down uh, through the job, it takes them down physically, emotionally. And what we're here to talk about is it can take you down spiritually. It can wipe you out, right? Well, the enemy always attacks. And I teach this Mm -hmm. all the time. He he attacks, uh, habits attack, struggles in your life attack, overeating attacks, drinking alcohol uh, exorbitantly attacks. All these issues attack attacks in your marriage attacks uh whatever whatever your temptations are in life i have found from 30 some years of pastoring and working with people in chaplaincy those things attack when when you are the weakest look at the jungle look at the lions look at look at any attacking carnivorous animal mm. And you will find they always look for or attack the weakest or an animal or whatever with an injury. Why? Because they can hit you hard, right? The youngest, they go for the young calves. They go for the wolves that are on the plains, go for the young calves that these uh, ranchers are doing. Path of least resistance. Path of least resistance. So when you are exhausted, you Mm. have had sleep deprivation. You are frustrated already. You're working. Your your mind is captivated by all the issues you're dealing with in your in your life. Uh, you got a bill you need to pay. Uh, your wife doesn't get her uh, her check like she normally would. Uh, you're you you bounce the check by mm-hmm. by accident, right? People mm-hmm. do that sometimes. Everybody has something like that and has happened in life like, issues. Life issues. That resistance drops. Yeah. And when that resistance drops, then spiritually, the enemy, the serpent, the slewfoot, those are the names that the mm-hmm. Bible calls Satan, the dragon, they, he attacks. Demons attack. Well, officer, Issues attack. Officers understand that in the communities <clears throat> they serve. That's what we talk about. There Evil will always follow the path of least resistance. Yep. So when you compromise the integrity of <clears throat> enforcing the laws in a community, can I get an amen? Amen. Across the country, right? Amen. You see that evil um, multiplies. Because it's seizing the opportunity right. because evil follows the path of least resistance. Now, there you go. apply that to your own life. So why do, why do you think criminals shoot lights out? Hmm. Why do you think uh, when we train and teach neighborhoods and, and communities uh, to, to deal with things in their area that will, uh, like bringing light to the area, right. like putting lights in the alleyways? Why do you think we petition our mayor and governments to 
do things actively to help citizens bring light to their community, um, to elderly people who can't change their own light bulb, go out. We've evil, done this. Evil prefers the darkness. Why? Because it's the least path of resistance. That's right. So there's nobody there to resist. It's dark. Nobody can see me. These are the same things that demons do because demons teach humans. Well, and we've talked about it before. Um, the number one uh, <clears throat> prevention tool for crime and violence, the number one reducer is light. Is light. That's right. And that's actually what we were talking about in our last podcast yeah. and what we're talking about in this, I keep saying podcast, video cast, is, is Jesus is very clear in the book of John about being the truth and the light, mm-hmm. right? Right. So when we talk about deprivations in any form or facet, especially in this issue, Jesus comes to be the light, but he also designates or makes disciples, which actually officers become disciples of the light, mm-hmm. disciples of the truth. Yeah. And it actually becomes their career, right? Mm-hmm. The way the truth and the light is just a lot of times, maybe we don't uh, give him the thanks, praise and glory he deserves for calling us into that profession. Right? Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, but, but the sleep deprivation and, and these little things that we allow uh, trigger points. You know, psychologists or people who are trying to help you in counseling will call these trigger points of your life. You know, if you if you let these things creep in, creep in, they trigger you into certain behaviors that yeah. are actually detrimental. Right? right? You work too much overtime, uh, you actually stop being uh, the purveyor or the strength of truth, and you actually. Uh, start creating issues that can harm you and others. Right? Well, and think about it. What we've been experiencing in our country for the last couple of years, this mm. intense uh, demand on our frontline medical personnel. Oh, my gosh. Right? And I, I know for a fact we have emergency room doctors and nurses <clears throat> that watch this podcast, right? Why? Because they can relate to what we're talking sure. about. And in the last couple of years, they're already in a hypervigilant uh uh, line of work, right? Yeah. Uh, being on the front lines in the emergency rooms or trauma physicians that got to respond immediately uh, <clears throat> to these uh, emergency cases that are coming in. And uh, then you compound that with the demands being placed upon them, short staffing issues, yeah. um, and the high volume of cases coming in. What you see is sleep deprivation takes root, and then it leads to the possibility for medical errors to occur. Sure. Simply because you've got human beings that are not robots that are sleep deprived and struggling to make those real time decisions, and it starts to affect their cognitive abilities of reasoning, decision making, right, um, and recall, recalling the knowledge they need to apply to that situation. Let me just suggest to you that that might also apply to law enforcement officers. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think it does apply to law enforcement officers right? in a. And, yeah. and so, so many officers that are watching this, right, probably watching this right now, um, perhaps you've, you're wore out, you're run down, you're exhausted. Yeah. And you also recognize that, man, uh, <laughs> I probably played a role in that too, right, yeah. by decisions that I was making sure. with good intentions, <clears throat> but are now having negative outcomes. I'm now um, arguing with my spouse, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my significant other. 
I'm I'm uh, yelling at my children right. uh, at a breaking moment, and then I have that regret afterward. Right. Right. Um, or I'm on the job, and somebody's seeking or needing my help approaches me, and I snap and yell at them, and and then you've got that regret, right? And there's really no room for error allowed there anymore. Not anymore. Um, and, or an understanding until yeah. people they got to know about it and people have to talk about it. And we have to say that our, our officers are humans as well. Um, there's hearts behind those shields, that body armor. There's a person behind there. Um, but for those officers and anyone else watching this that finds themselves in that situation, that's the power of getting into this book because it can recharge you. It can give you that strength, that endurance. Um, the Lord wants to do that. Right, he wants to provide that for you and and, and recharge you. Staying connected to the truth, the way, and the life. Yeah. See, staying connected to the life brings life into you when you need it in the moments that you need it in. Yeah. When you think about officers who see crime scenes, accidents. Mm-hmm. Every mangled situation to a human body or other things that you, you would you see that day in and day out. Let's say for a thirty or thirty-five year career, or twenty or twenty-five year career, day in and day out. That that can that can that adds up. That you can't you can train an officer to deal with their emotions at the scene, but you cannot train an officer to get rid of memories. Mm -hmm. You you cannot scrub their brain where they forget the things they see daily and experience daily, which by the way is part of that sleep deprivation we're talking about. Cause then when you lay down at night and you close your eyes, you see certain things that you would like to never have seen or forgot. Yeah. Right. Um, You deal with it at the moment professionally. You deal with it at the moment to almost uh, make it appear as though you set all your emotions aside and just get the job done. But every officer you talk to can recount all those thoughts or all those scenes that they've had to see in extreme detail. In extreme detail. Yeah. So, because that's the impression that's left in your mind, right? And sometimes officers. We're doing a better job of teaching them, right, that right. these are normal reactions to abnormal situations. That's right. Um, however, we still struggle on how do you deal with that lasting impression within your mind and your mind's eye and really down deep inside into your soul and your spirit. That's where I would suggest to you, I think the power of what officers find is it's kind of like having your phone uh, with the battery run down and you go and you plug that charger into it, and it, it lights back up, that's what you can be doing in the Word. And, and having that connection to God right. is He can replenish you. He can restore all those things that have been drained out of you, and it also allows you to set your mind's eye on that there rather than set all those other mind. things. And He, listen, this is the only book that says that you can have your mind renewed. So where do those thoughts, mm. images, and visuals come into? They come through your eye, 
your eye gate, or even your ears, but they go into your mind. Where's your memory bank? Mm-hmm. It's in your mind. Also, the Bible talks about storing things in your heart, but for these images, they come into the mind. Jesus promises you that you can have a renewed mind. Mm. Now, I believe that also plays into replacing those images with good. Yeah. Most of those images, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out to you, you know, the preacher, I'm just throwing the, most of those images have to do with what? Death, mm-hmm. right? Trauma. Trauma, death. The, the negative things. Negative things. Yeah. Critical negative things. However, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. life. Right here, John chapter 14, right? Uh, I am the way, John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So in the power to renew one's mind, of course, you have to overlay life over death. The only way you can mm-hmm. do that yeah. is by this word. Because this word is about him. He tells you how to overcome death with resurrection power. See, and that's the thing. We've talked about that before is the, the power of officers finding out that they can get a heart transplant, right? right. That's right. But this is such a critical piece is you in that he also can renew your mind and not many people ever get to hear that message, right? Wait a minute. I can renew my mind. Yeah, absolutely. He'll do it through the power of his word. So your mind was renewed to think like a cop and an officer Mm -hmm. when you went where to the Academy training, Yeah, you went through training, you continue that training, right? Called continued education credits or whatever by going to different seminars, going to different right. uh, things that you continue to... With a deliberate focus. With a deliberate... There there you go. That's it. There, That's it. So, so where are you placing your focus? And are you being deliberate about it? Yeah. Not just happenstance, not because I feel like it. You know, I get up in the morning, first thing I'm going to grab is my Bible. Mm-hmm. Do I always feel like... Can, can I just say this? Be I'm going to just be... Totally transparent, which we already are with everybody that's watching today. This morning, when I got up, and of course, I had a very long day and a very tough physical day yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I got up this morning, I I literally thought I was going to crawl to the bathroom to even get in the shower. Yeah. I mean, my my legs, my back, my neck, my shoulders, everything was screaming at me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't lay there. I had to get up. Mm-hmm. Can I just be totally transparent? Do you, know what, do. do you know what the last thing I wanted to grab? I wanted to grab my coffee. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I, I really, in my heart, I just was like, I, I just, oh man, I just, I didn't want to read. I wanted to get that glazed sleep deprivation. I'm exhausted. Yeah. My body feels like You didn't I'm, want to have to deliberately focus on something. I did not. Right. But do you know what I did? You did it. I did it because disciplined people do what they don't want to do, and they do it first. Mm-hmm. So the way that my mind has been renewed, which I, I don't think you can find a chaplain anywhere who can't tell you 
all the scenes that they've been on and what they've seen and the people they've helped through grief and all the things that you deal with alongside of officers. Mm. Um, you, you deal with it. Pastors, the same. You get this book, and it puts life in you. Now, you can say, well, how does it do that? You're just reading words off a page. Folks, I don't, I, I can't, I don't have a scientific mathematical formula. How is the charger putting electricity into the battery right, of the phone? Right, for how Jesus. Care. You plug in. How Jesus puts life in you by reading his word, but he does. Mm-hmm. And when you, in your mind, think this is over, I can't do this anymore, and you take a scripture and you open this book and he starts speaking to you, it literally renews your mind of saying, I'm a failure, I'm not going to make it, everything's wrong, my marriage can't make it, my wife doesn't love me, my husband doesn't love me, my kids hate it. It literally overlays and then soaks in to your mind and starts renewing your mind. I can make it. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I do have the spirit of Christ in my life. I can, I can but in do every, my job without letting it destroy my mind or destroy my heart. But in every one of those statements that you just said, you are proclaiming, I'm not able to do it on my own. I can't do it in my own stead. I can only right. do it through Jesus, his word, his example, his way, his yes. truth, and his life, right? That's right. Because um, Romans 8.32 says this. Now, remember, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, mm-hmm. the life. John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth will set you free. Actually, in the Greek, it is, and the truth you know mm-hmm. will set you free. When you come into knowledge of the truth, meaning Jesus Christ, into your life, as the truth, he starts setting you free. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about seeing your life turn around? All of us, even, listen, Christians battle things. We have struggles. We have issues. However, Jesus starts turning it. We go through it. We don't get stuck in it. We're we go through stuff, right? Mm-hmm. However, the key word there is through, not in. That's right. That's what makes it the way. There you go. The path that you're following. And it's the way out. But therein lies the difference. He is the path. If you're on his path, his way, remember what we said, the evil one follows the path of the least, least resistance. resistance. Mm-hmm. If he's the most resistant to the evil one because he's the truth and he's the light, right? And the evil one is the darkness. Um, As we've talked about before, darkness flees the light, right? That's right. And so if if you're on his path and his way of, in his, that light, uh, evil can't, uh, can't, it it, it can, it can come, it can try, uh, but it's not going to succeed. And that's where the power comes from, from plugging into that. Listen to this scripture. I love this scripture. I'm going to read it. It's a little different translation than the King James. It's uh, the Amplified Bible. So they add some words in there. But this is John chapter 3, verse 19. Let me turn to that. Yeah, it's in the New Testament. You go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 
and then you'll find that. So we top. were in John 14. Now we're yep, going to go to John going, 3. Right. So we went John 14, John 8. Now we're at John 3. Okay. I'm, I'm going backwards today. That's all right. <clears throat> and this this verse says. Which, which verse? Verse 19. And we're going to read through 21. And now listen. Now he literally describes. He totally describes evildoers, the wicked, criminals, hmm. those who do evil, and uh, those who do righteous or cops. So just listen to this language. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Now, I put the cop, the word cop in here, but okay. The, the, and then here's verse 19. The basis of the judgment, indictment, the test by which men are judged, the ground for sentencing lies in this. So the judgment lies in this. What? The light has come into the world mm. and people have loved the darkness rather than and more than light. Now this is the difference between a person who makes a mistake and a person who intentionally lives a life of darkness. They intend to do. It's one of the things that I've learned in the court system when a judge ask uh, a, a person who's being sentenced, would you like to say something? That judge is looking or listening to see if that person's going to take responsibility for their actions. When that person says, well, I didn't really mean to do that, that judge already knows there's no repentance in their heart because already they're, they're fluffing off what they did. Well, yes, sir, you did mean to do that because you did it, mm-hmm. right? Different than an accident, different than someone who had something happen and something bad. Well, this is the power of understanding a mistake of the head versus a mistake of the heart. There you go. Right? Mm -hmm. And so it speaks to this whole issue of intent versus an accident. Or even if you intentionally do something and it leads to an outcome that you weren't intending. But there's something much different when it's intentional. It's it's funny that we say of the heart. Of the heart. And and officers deal with people who love darkness. They Their whole life is about darkness. Mm-hmm. Their whole life is about evil works. Well, and right? often it's because they've never known the light. Never known the light. They love darkness rather than and more than the light for their works, deeds were evil, right? So when everybody talks about everybody on the planet being a victim, you're a liar, everybody's not a victim. Some, a lot of people love darkness and their deed or evil deed they did revealed they're not the victim, they're victimizing other people. He goes on and says, for every wrongdoer hates, loathes, detests the light, Hmm. capital L, and will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it, lest his works, his deeds, his activities, his conduct be exposed and reproved. What do detectives have to do all the time? Yeah. What do officers? Well, every cop can relate to that. How many officers stands at the window of a car and says, now listen, if you'll just, uh, here's how I work. Just tell me the truth. If you just tell me the truth, things will go, I'll do everything I can to work with you. If you lie to me, if you don't tell me straight up, yeah, I smell it. If you don't t- just tell me where it's at, 
I'm not, I'm not out here trying to affect your life over a little substance or whatever. If you just tell me where it's at, we'll deal with the truth. Okay? Well, you can work with the truth. You cannot work with deception. You can't. Because if they're deceptive exactly about that. That's exactly what this is saying. That's exactly what it's saying. So then he goes on and he says, and I put cops in front of this, but, but he who practices truth. Cops who practice truth. Who does what is right. Don't we desire officers to be truth? Yeah. That's uh, what people, you're there men to and women, and, be. and doing what's right, mm-hmm. righteous or mm-hmm. right. They come out into the light, capital L. They're, they're not ashamed or afraid of the light, the mm-hmm. truth, the way, the light. So that his or her works may be plainly shown. What, that people say, you wear a uniform. What, you know why? Because that officer's works should be plainly shown. Mm-hmm. Officers aren't afraid of body-worn cameras. That's right. Actually, it's the opposite. That's right. Why? Because they're... Their works are justified. They're not mm-hmm. They're not afraid for their works to be seen. Works may be plainly shown to be what they are. Wrought with God. So every cop should understand your calling. God helps you in your calling. He did the calling. He did the calling. He and will empower you and to help you. Man didn't just call you. Laws written on the books downtown didn't just call you. The mayor doesn't, he he didn't call you. Uh, You didn't just choose this career. Because I can tell you right now, officers that just choose this as a career, they don't last long. That's right. Because it it, it requires too much of the human soul and heart. That's the difference between a job and a calling. Thank you very much. Pastors who just think they're going to, number one mental, depressive, Mental breakdowns in ministers happen because they just chose it as a career thinking it would be a neat thing to do. Hmm. But once you get into it and you realize that it requires your life, they bail out or break down because they can't. It's it's a price they're not willing to pay. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. It's also because they're trying to do it in their own stead. There you go. Right. So they're wrought with God, divinely prompted. I love that, man. God prompts you. How many times do officers tell me or tell you or, or and say, you know, I wasn't even looking for that. But it was just, I don't know, there was just something about this scenario that made me think, you better check that. I, I wasn't even on this call for that reason, but, man, there was something. When I was standing there, it's almost like another voice told me, you ought to uh, step into the house and check that. Um, I mean, the prompted. I wasn't going to stop that car. It does. Does it ever fail to get into human beings that God works with those who do righteous to stop evildoers? And the reason you keep getting caught is because God. It's not the police that are against you. God's against you. I want to say that again very strongly. When you keep getting caught, it's not that just cops or police officers are against you. It's because God is against you and unveils, divinely prompts officers who stand for the truth to do things that catch you 
in the middle of doing darkness and evil works. And it says, done with God's help. And then here's the key phrase every officer needs to get in their heart. Independence upon him. In dependence on him. Uh, not independent from him. Correct. In dependence upon him. With dependence on there him. There you go. Depending on, on Jesus. Yeah. That's right. Well, and, and to, to add one more thing to what you were saying there is I think where things change for officers, and we've mentioned it before, but when you can get over the hump of recognizing you were saying God is against you, meaning the evildoer. God is against any spirit of evil. Of evil, yeah. I'm telling you that it is empowering to officers when when it clicks in our brains that it's not personal anymore. I've said this before. You go to court. You're a detective. You're you're a street cop. You got a case. You go to court. The offender gets off on a technicality, and you take it personal. Right. Yep. Which is human nature. Right. Um, that'll take you down if you stay on that road. That's right. right. Um, or you're all about getting this person convicted because it's personal to you. Right. It sounds like a good thing, but it'll take you down eventually. Right. When you get into recognizing that this is nothing personal. In fact, I'm doing this because I love my fa- fellow neighbor. And I want them to be healthy. I want them to be successful. I want them to be right. I don't want them getting hurt or hurting other people. But I also recognize that I stand the line between good and evil. And evil. Yeah. What's important to say is not good people and evil people. It's when your mind gets translated into understanding its spirit of goodness. And spirit of wickedness. Of wickedness. Yeah. Evil. And so evil follows the path of least resistance. It's the spirit of evil follows the path of least resistance. And if the individual involved doesn't have that God-connected resistance within them, they become susceptible to that spirit of evil. And it'll seek and find them out. Just like God is seeking you out, right? So is the evil one. And, and it's looking for pass he is looking for passive least resistance so you stay resistant by staying in the word by being connected to God by having that relationship right. not religion but that re- close personal relationship you didn't want to get up and connect with God via his word because it took an intentional uh, deliberate focus right right but the return on that investment is, that relationship where you're opening yourself up to him instead of the spirit of evil, you're opening up yourself to him and then he can come in and help you. Hey, he's helped me today on this. He's helped me today on on this video cast because I'm telling you, I right now I feel totally energized. That's right. When I started this morning, I felt like crud. There you go. I mean, but I've learned Hmm. you got to put those feelings aside. He will change your feelings. If you go after him, he will change, totally change your feelings. One of the things that I've been the most concerned about, and I know we're almost out of time, um, and and something that people need to realize is you don't want police officers who are people pleasers. When you do that, you're, you're setting police officers who should stand for righteousness and stand for justice. Mm-hmm. And purity of 
what is right. We want them to stand for the truth. You don't want them to stand to be people pleasers. Why? Because every human being wants to have their own truth. With, That's dangerous. With the least resistance. With the least resistance. I say that it's the same thing for pastors. You do not want to be a pastor who's a people pleaser because you need to speak for God. You need to speak for the truth. There are some things that God says about life and about humans that humans who are doing wicked things or doing sinful things, they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear it from God, and they don't want to hear it from the preacher because the preacher's speaking for God Mm -hmm. and out of God's Word. Well, if you're a people pleaser, then you will bow to the pressure of money or people liking you or the little cliques or clubs that are in the church, and then you don't speak for God anymore. You are controlled now by human flesh and human reasoning. I don't want police officers who are controlled by human flesh and human reasoning, or I wouldn't be a part of what we're doing with this video cast. Right. I want officers who walk with God, speak truth, speak for honor, would not involve themselves in any way with anything that is an error or wrong, keep themselves strong, and and do this great calling to the very end when, they, when they're ready to retire, hold their head up, their chest out, and say, I did everything I knew to do that was right, and I continued to renew my mind with the Word of God and in the presence yeah, a, of the truth daily. It's a biblical perspective on policing. There and you go. What, you're, what you said is right, is with God speaking to you through His Word. And one of the great tools I have found, and I had somebody bring it to my attention, <laughs> in a real world situation where I was really struggling, but I've been able to uh, pay that forward to other officers is when they're talking about the challenges and the life issues they're facing and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to go is to ask this question. And I share it with people who may be watching this. This is a great question to great. ask, which is what happens when you pray about that? There you go. That's such a wonderful, it powerful a great, question because yeah. invariably it's, uh, I haven't prayed I haven't about prayed that. in a long time. Right? Yeah, or I haven't prayed. Or I don't know how to pray or whatever yeah. the case may be. And, w- and we can talk about that in the future. But yeah, I'd love my, to. my point in this is what you have shared with us, which is your human struggle, right? Yeah. Uh, struggle of man, which is just being wore out, exhausted, all those other things. Right. Is when you're watching this podcast and we're talking about getting in the Word, just let God talk to you through it. Where you're reading, he'll speak to you and speak to your current circumstance in that. <clears throat> but the other point is, I would just ask you, what happens when you pray about that? Um, and if you don't know how to pray, that's okay. All you got to do is talk. Just talk to God. Just uh, just talk to him and tell him what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. But also ask him to speak to you. Absolutely. And he'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through other people. He'll speak to you through things, I hope, like this and, podcast. And, inward, and an inward voice, that's an a, inward spirit. That's exactly inward, right. Sometimes you're, what you would call your intuition is actually your spirit being spoken to by the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. Can I close with praying for please, us? Would you please? So let's just yeah, do that. Let's and do show that. that. Father God, we uh, we just thank you for the ability to be able to rely upon your yes, word. Yes, we do. To know that you are not just the way, 
and not just the life for us, but you are the truth. Yes. And so in a world that's turned upside down, uh, just like you told us would happen, where people tell us that things that are wrong are right and things that are right are wrong, we know that we find our standard, our bearing, our true north in you as the truth. And so, Father, I just pray that anybody watching, listening to our discussion doesn't hear uh, Chris, doesn't hear Rick, but hears you. Yes. Here's what you want them to hear and know, and know that uh, they matter to you, that you are singularly focused on them, and knowing that uh, their needs, their hurts, the struggles they are facing. So I just pray that they... Uh, be able to call upon you and just call out to you. You're as close as the sound of your name. Yes. So I pray anyone listening can know they can just call upon the name of Jesus and you come running every time. Hallelujah. We're grateful for that. We're grateful for your promises. Yes, we are, Lord. And we rely upon and stand upon all of them. We're grateful for that. We pray in the name, the name, the powerful name that makes it all possible. Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey, thank you, man. What a great podcast. Hallelujah. Videocast. Whatever it is. R&R. What a great R&R episode. That's right. Hey, we look forward to seeing you soon. We love you. Nothing you can do about that. See you real soon. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you and we'll see you soon.